0: doing projects where you're not so much the face in something is the best thing for creators because the security in this job is not there whatsoever, like at all. And it's scary. Like, I think that's where a lot of, you know, anxiety and mental health struggles come into play with this job because, you know, you're cool for two seconds, but what happens in the future?
1: Yeah. Alicia and I both had little panic attacks probably like three or four years ago. Um, realizing we were like oh we really have like all our eggs in one basket we need to diversify
2: this is creative disruption the intersection where entertainment data and creativity meet here's your host ricky ray butler welcome everyone to creative disruption i am your host ricky ray butler i am so pleased to be able to have ashley and alicia joining me today Um, they have so much experience. Um, Alicia specifically, you've been around for 13 years.
0: Yes. A long time. You've been around (laughs) from
2: like almost since the very beginning of like the YouTube days and the YouTube community. And, and you've seen a lot happen and Ashley, you've, you've been doing this since 2014, correct?
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, Wow. Time's come by fast. (laughs) No, that,
2: that, 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 that's still like, you know, a, a lot of experience, especially, you know, in this industry that is young, but thriving and, you know, arguably is like the biggest form of media today with all the content creators that are out there.
0: Hands down. Yeah. And what's funny is Ashley actually worked for me before she started. So she's really been there also from the beginning, like behind the camera and stuff.
1: Yeah, I was in school. I was in university at the time and I needed a part-time job because we moved and I ended up working for Alicia on her channel and that got me all the way through school.
2: Wow, I did not know that. And so you you were like when, when Alicia was out there testing things out, you were doing that with her. That's amazing.
0: And when I first started, I didn't have a computer. You know, I'm in high school and I wanted to make these makeup tutorials. So I would steal Ashley's computer and she got pissed at me because I would always have it. I'd always be editing on iMovie um i'd be
1: like having to do like essays and actual homework and i'd have to go like steal my computer back from her because she was creating videos yeah oh my.
0: she's gosh. really been there from the
1: beginning
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know starting from the bottom now you're here huh literally uh, exactly. that's that's that, that's that's amazing and now collectively i believe i mean you both have you know collectively 20 million followers which is a, a huge amount you've both been so successful so tell me more about this because i had no idea that you've worked with each other from the very beginning and 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 i'd say yeah. Alicia, from your perspective that's very progressive you know to you know have someone helping you like especially way back then
0: yeah what's funny is we also used to we've always worked well together we used to teach elementary kids drums and guitar because my mom's music te- our mom's music teacher And we always just had a really good balance of working together. So when, you know, YouTube really started taking off, it took four years for my channel to even really do anything and start growing. But once it did, that was around the time, this was probably 2014, 2015. A lot of other influencers were starting to hire out editors or they would have videographers. It wasn't just a webcam anymore situation. And I tried hiring like a few more traditional um, videographers And it was just so weird because YouTube is so personal, especially the content I do and was doing was very like, you know, my morning routine getting ready and it's very personal and it's very, you know, I don't want a random guy watching me and my like filming me. It's just, it was weird. It made me feel different It made me feel like I had to perform versus just being myself. So I really desperately needed help. And I came to Ashley and was basically like, okay, here's the deal. (laughs) I need help. You are looking for a job. Pitched I pitched back. myself. I was like, "Look, I know you've been try- thinking if you should get a second job, whatever, da da da. I would love to hire you to film my videos because I desperately need it. I feel comfortable with you. You get my humor. Um, you really weren't like you enjoyed photography, but you weren't a photographer yeah. or anything."
1: No, not at all.
0: So I remember sitting down being like, okay, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. This is record, this is shoot, <laughs> this is
1: like I knew you the knew the amount, basics. The amount of YouTube videos I watched on how to use like a the aperture, the shutter, <laughs> yeah.
0: And of course, oh my gosh, I was psychotic then and like I had to make sure I had the best equipment cuz I was like I was a film major for literally two semesters. A second. Yeah. A second. So I had this steady cam that I didn't even know how to balance that she I would force had, her to like she hold had it. Me out here <laughs> trying to use a
1: Steadicam, watching YouTube videos on how to use a How to
0: balance cam. it, her arm, and I would make her do so my many arm takes. Her was so sore, I was like, this is my workout. I think your right arm was like her way was stronger really strong. than your left. Um, But yeah, honestly, I, I genuinely felt like that was my secret sauce, kind of, because I had someone close to me who I felt comfortable with to help shoot and like basically produce my videos. And just have a a sounding board, you know, if I'm, I'm thinking of ideas or overthinking or wondering how this prank video should go, you know, at the time. And it was so nice having someone who I trusted. And I think that's been something as we have gone forward now, you know, 10 years later from then, really looking into all these other projects that we have. And, you know, we feel so lucky we've been able to scale our business so much. And the fact that we're still even doing this and, you know, it's evolved so much over time, I think finding people who we trust is the common denominator when it comes to assistance, or um, you know, hiring out for, for instance, our clothing brand, Parallel Apparel. Like, that's something that we've we know we can't do everything ourselves, um, and it's been crucial, I think, to even just dare I say, staying relevant this long. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, your ability to delegate and, and it looking like I mean, it looks like you've done that since the very beginning, which you know I. Are, there's still YouTubers today or creators that have been very successful, and they just they have to be hands on with everything, and they have to do the editing, they have to do the filming, they have to do all of that, and that it's so stressful. There's so much burnout that comes with that, um, mm-hmm. um, and it's amazing that you know you did that with your sister. Like, how's that dynamic? It seems like you guys. You, I mean, you're both like very like dynamic. You're a dynamic duo. Um, um, like, how did you know it was gonna work? And like, and then. Has there ever been challenges, you know, working with a sibling?
1: Oh, well, you can take that one. (laughs) There was definitely, there was absolutely a learning curve. Um, We especially, like, there's a three-year difference between the two of us. I'm older, Alicia's younger. And um, I would say, like, the first two years were actually really rough um, because we just had never worked with each other to that degree before. And there was a lot of, like, how when do you turn off work? Mm-hmm. Like, we're working at home. Like, I have a school schedule that I have to stick to. So it really only gave Alicia, like, a certain amount of time to film. And it was in between, like, my classes. And so that was, like, a really rushed thing. And if, if for some reason we weren't, you know, fully prepared, then it would set us back. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much. Because oh she had a very strict, like, we upload every week. But back then, like, filming took forever. Oh, my gosh,
0: it took Days. And Alicia was doing
1: everything herself. She was editing everything herself. So she needed a lot of time to be able to edit it too. So we really had to like,
0: I think the crunch. hat that like wearing, am I working right now? Yeah. Am I being paid to do this? Or are you asking me as a sister to do this was yeah. our biggest struggle.
1: What helped a lot was it was in between <laughs> a certain amount of time, like in between my classes. So I w- in that period of time, I would be like, okay, I'm working now. And I'd put on that hat. My sister hat would come off. And I would do whatever she needed me to do. What would get complicated was anything like later in the evening. Mm -hmm. Cause I'd be like, is, are you asking a favor or are you telling me Mm -hmm. that you need this? And so that's something we had to work through.
0: Yeah. And I, I really struggled learning how to just articulate what I wanted. Like my vision. I think that's something I've gotten way better over the years. Cause in the beginning I used to just get so frustrated. Like we're done filming today. Like it's not coming out. And now I think just really over communicating what I'm expecting and my vision for things has was a big problem. back Which I think is actually
1: a really common problem for all creators is Mm -hmm. I think something that Alicia has and that a lot of creators have is that ability to visualize what they're looking for. That's why they end up doing everything themselves because they know what they want. They know what they want it to look like, but they have never been a boss before. They don't know how to tell someone.
0: It's just easier to to do. do it yourself. Yeah. They're like, oh, should I take
1: this chunk amount of time to explain what I want or should I just sit down and do it? 90% of the yeah. time it's faster to just do it.
0: And going to what you said earlier, I also was one of those creators who would not let anyone touch my edits. I, it was such an ego thing too. I like prided myself that I, at least you may still do everything myself other than having Ashley help me film. I did everything. I came up with my merch designs. I came up with like, and I, it was such an ego thing. It's so embarrassing, but at the time it really was me not being able to let go because I knew I would do it the way I wanted to. And if I got help, if, you know, the few times that I did say, okay, I'm going to hire this video out, I'm going to hire an editor. I would get back the cut and I hated it. I was like, this is not me. My audience is going to know. It's just, it's horrible. Let me just do it myself. It's so much easier for me to do it than having to teach them how to do it. Um, But obviously. Yeah. I think, I think what the thing is,
1: is I think the reason youtube and influencing and just social media in general is doing so well is because it is the future of like reality tv
0: but it's real we're trying
1: to get away from the scripted and the produced it's bigger like it is next level because it really is someone in their home filming their life so i think the fear is if you hire on too many people where's the line of now it's produced
0: and your audience can tell your audience knows when you're not in it and as it's hard finding that balance as a creator because the number one thing I needed from the beginning was just structure. You know, any, anyone who's a freelancer understands that, especially after quarantine when everyone's at home, it's like, okay, I actually need a, a structure to my week. So it was so nice saying, okay, I'm going to hire someone to come in on Thursday, which means whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to film this video. But then you film this video, you spend all this time, you edit it and you're watching the cut back and you're like, it's, it's horrible. I don't like it. My audience isn't going to like it because it doesn't, I don't, I don't look like I'm enjoying it. It feels like a, a show.
1: Well, you've also spent such a long period of time showing people like who you are and they've gotten to know like how you talk and how you like mm-hmm. present yourself. So when anything is forced or when anything is edited in a way that isn't really like you, like they're not dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, oh, someone else is
0: involved. Which now. is why I think the reason why more tradition uh, the, the more traditional idea of media or shows or television on YouTube where you find someone make them the talent and produce their channel for them isn't catching on. I think that's why people prefer the Emma Chamberlains. They pre- they prefer someone who's hands on with their content because they can tell that it's them. And you know, I think that's why most of the biggest like successful YouTubers are so hands on with their content and they're not just the face of something. Um and I think that's why a lot of brands are wanting to like, you know, or companies like get involved and like find a the face of someone's channel be like, hey, we'll produce your whole channel. Don't worry about it. But that's still old media. And that's, it's just not wanted as much. People would rather watch, you know, Adele on TikTok than watching this Absolutely. whole produced show of
2: her. It's crazy. 100%. It, it, it's, you know, I think it's one of those things where, um, where that that's probably complicated when creators end up doing series. Sometimes it can work mm-hmm. out, but usually people like them for how they've been doing their programming and, and they yeah. want them to be consistent.
0: It, it, oh my God. Yeah. So I understand that struggle. And I think that's one of the biggest struggles a lot of creators have is finding how do you delegate? Where do you delegate? I want to delegate. I want to have an editor, but I don't, I, how do I keep it my voice? Um, and I think something we've learned over the years is really finding out what your strengths and weaknesses are. And if you have a weakness, don't try to make it your strength. Like for instance, I actually do like editing. So it took me a long time to really hand that off. And even so like today, I still work with someone who gets my video, maybe 80% done. And I still do the final touches to make it me where there's certain people who I'd look at. Ashley, for example, she doesn't like editing. hate it. Her strength is like the creative and making the video. So I would tell her and say, Hey, if you hate this, Delegate that, but don't get a filmer because you are really good when it comes to your angles and da 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 da. Which makes sense
1: because that's how I came into this whole thing Mm -hmm. in the first place was filming for her. So I enjoy the filming process. I hate the editing. Yeah. Cutting kills me.
0: There's so many panels or so many podcasts wherever where everyone's like, oh, you need an editor. And most people do need an editor, but I will say a lot of people don't. And it's just figuring out what what do you actually need help with. Don't try to become a master at that. Like do what you're good at and let someone else kind of come in there. And I think that's where, you know, the first person I hired really was a personal assistant because my life would not be organized without her. Like, it's so bad, but I could edit my videos for a long time. Does that make sense? Yeah,
2: that that makes a lot of sense. And by the way, um, having like an executive assistant or a personal assistant is a game changer, um, especially for people that are creative or strategic because you know, mm-hmm. so so many of us just get bogged down in details, and 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 that can mm-hmm. actually you know you can get lost in the grass when you're supposed to be looking at the mountain, knowing where you're supposed to be going. Yes. And, and so wallowing yeah. in the details, you know, can be you know dangerous. But I loved how you talked about you know knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses and not mm-hmm. prioritizing your weaknesses become strengths. That that's something I think gets missed all the time, and. Um, oh God, yeah. You know, we—I just did a little summit um, with, with a, a small group of up-and-coming executives um, that I work with, where you know we're trying to get a group of leaders to you know network and and uh, mentor them, um, you know, to to you know, be able to, you know better create their that. career paths. And one thing that we talked about was, you know, figure out how to know both your strengths and weaknesses and try to love both. And when you're aware mm-hmm. of both your weaknesses and strengths. You then know who you should be collaborating with and who can make up for where you where, where you could improve.
0: Instead of looking at yourself and being upset at a weakness, you start to embrace it because then when you find someone who has your weakness as a strength, you're intrigued. You're like, wait, tell me more. Like, how do you do that? Because I can't. And it's so much easier.
1: Also, you learn to just not stress the stuff that you know you're not going to be able to like mm-hmm. successfully do well. Um, and then you just prioritize like what you're good at and then... Someone else can step in where
2: you need it. So are you saying that because both of you are different, you work so well together?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I think so, yeah. Oh, if we were the same, no, it would not work out. It would not work out. It would
2: not work out at all. I have four siblings. I have four siblings, and I can't even imagine um, (laughs) working this close with any of them. (laughs) It's amazing that you figured this out.
0: I don't know. I think it's just a natural thing. I think
2: it kind of fell into our lap, honestly. We didn't put that much thought into (laughs) it. We were like, "Oh, this works." Um, how have you? I mean, I'm assuming both of you have noticed as you've delegated that you you probably become a lot more creative. You probably make um, better decisions. Can, can you can you talk about that on 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 what differences you've seen as you've hired and delegated things that um, you felt like others could do better?
0: I think for me, I always knew I tend to overthink. I didn't realize how much I can overthink and be indecisive. And just having someone there, like a producer to bounce off ideas or me to think, am I great? Like, is this good or is this bad? Like, just like to hear that and have someone have a fresh take, I think, especially after doing it for so long, what's been interesting is watching trends come back. And in my head, it's so, especially if anyone's been, you know, a creative for so long, when a trend was 10 years ago and it's starting to come back and other people are doing it, you think, no, 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 like, that won't do well, you know, that's old, people don't want that, and having a fresh take, especially someone younger, I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned, like, my producer's um, a few years younger than me, so she has that Gen Z TikTok, like, humor, and it's so interesting seeing what she thinks is trendy, or, you know, up-and-coming, or what's just interesting about me, when I'm like, what do you mean, People don't care to hear a Q&A from me or people don't care to watch me do X, Y, Z. And she's like, no, it'd be so interesting. And it challenges me to have a fresh take on it where I'm like, OK, clearly the idea of I'm in, you know, we're in beauty and lifestyle. So the idea of getting ready will never go away. So I need to train my mind to not think of it how I used to do it and repackage it and re-evolve that concept into something more, you know, on brand today. And I think that's something that's always challenging. Yeah. Um, specifically for our clothing brand, I Alicia does a lot of like the business
1: aspect and I've been running a lot of like the socials side of it, things. And we hired a girl to do socials for us who completely I, I I understand TikTok. I follow TikTok. It is not my strong suit. It is, it is hers. And she like lives and breathes that content. And watching her, like just because she's so active on it, she can see when trends are coming and she can see like when it'll fit our brand and she'll take the trend and make it our own and she does it so effortlessly and I, it would take me forever. It would take me so much time to figure it out and do it myself.
0: But what's crazy is we could do it ourselves. I'm capable. We're capable and I think that's something that people get overwhelmed with because they're like, oh I can do that so why would I hire that out? It's like no if they can do it better and that can just free up time for me to do my bread and butter which is YouTube or you know a meeting that's way more important then it's worth delegating that. And it's it's nothing personal saying like, oh, I'm not able to, I'm not capable to. It's saying, no, I would rather hire them out. I think every brand, the best thing they can do this next coming year is hire a social media coordinator and someone who does TikToks. Like genuinely, both of our podcasts, we've seen a huge, massive spike in downloads from people finding clips of it on TikTok. And-
1: Literally a, a 15 second clip of like the funniest moment or like the most important message of the episode. Yeah. It's crazy. Short video form content is, is the integration. And I think that's popping off right now.
0: But and of course, we like the, in my head. OK, we did the episode. We're getting it up. We have it on YouTube. I have to promote my stories. I still have to do it and promote it on my vlog channel. Then my main channel. Da, da, da. Of course, I'm like, oh, I should post it on TikTok. But it's at the bottom of my list for everything else. But when it's at the top of someone else's list, then it's done so good, it's done right, and you actually see a conversion. Wow! The amount of time
2: it would
1: take me to like, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. insane you know, <laughs> makes sense because you know TikTok, you know, is in the business of like truly competing with YouTube. What YouTube's good at, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, I, I've definitely seen seen a trend where there's different podcasters that are starting to see you know good momentum. With TikTok, I mean, I even tested some of my own podcast content, and I like, uploaded it, and I have like a few dozen followers, and I got well over a thousand views like immediately, and yeah. and so that's interesting. And so, um, with your podcast, um, what channels do you mainly like, like, like push to? I mean, is it on Spotify? Is it across all the platforms, or is it a, or is it mainly on YouTube?
0: We're both we're everywhere. I feel yeah. like we both have YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Um, so my I mean yours too, our favorite comment that we get is from someone saying, Oh my gosh, I found you from TikTok. They don't know us from our YouTube channel. They're they don't know us from our co-host. Like for a fresh eyes to see us, I think that's something too that a lot of creators kind of get pigeonholed into thinking about. Oh, I've done it for so long. People know me what it's like. No, you're like, you're only like this tiny little corner. It doesn't matter a how long you've been bubble. doing it. You've created a little you can you can still attract a whole new audience that's out there. And I think um, a lot of people get comfortable feeling like, you know, they're OG or they're they're big. They're yeah, already they're like, a big creator. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of the best ways to kind of like get your name out there. You know, you never know what's going to go viral and it. Absolutely. It just makes people be like, oh, my gosh, this is a thing like they had a great guest now I kind of want to go listen to the rest of it or yeah, whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. No, that, that's amazing. And, and it is great that, you know, um, you're both evolving and like being cross platform and, and building up your audiences everywhere. Ashley, what is, you know, one thing that you think is happening that is, is sticking out to you? Like what are you noticing is like a new trend that you're really excited about?
1: Ooh, I would agree with Alicia. I think the old stuff coming back got me all kinds of excited. Specifically, this is specifically for YouTube. And I think it happened during COVID mm-hmm. was all of a sudden, one thing that both of us were really blessed to have was our, our jobs like didn't go away. If anything, it got mm-hmm. like more focused on because everyone was at home, like with nothing to do. Just
0: And most like, of the videos. content we film is at home. You know, we, we, there were a lot of creators who really struggled because all their content was being with friends out and about. And we've always been making videos from home. So um, we felt very lucky for that.
1: Yeah. So the trend coming back was like a lot of like just content of you at home, how to work from home, like a daily routine, like a workout routine, like what I eat in a day, like stuff like that, that um, kind of came back from literally years ago. And I got so excited because that was my like, that was my bread and butter. That Mm -hmm. was, that was what I felt like was best at. So that coming back got me excited and I, I think it's kind of interesting because now like even fashion-wise like a lot of clothes are coming back from like oh, when I God. was a yeah. kid and it feels like there's this huge movement of like past trends coming my way and I'm like wait I've been here done
0: that. <laughs> what else we've had to do we've had to even speaking of being a film major for two semesters <laughs> 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 um, you know, we, we ditched the steady cams, we ditched the, you know, the 5D cam, like we had to downgrade our quality and production, because people just wanted that, like they didn't want that produced, like morning your team that's fully produced or whatever. So I think that's also been a trend of, you know, even as much as you just see people having like video cameras with bad quality, because it's aesthetic, and it's cute. Like, In reality, people have, I think that's a great example of how not just aesthetically people are wanting that, but people are also wanting just real. Like they're wanting like it to feel close.
1: Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to the whole produced and like the reality TV thing. Again, we were getting like the the best cameras out there, the best microphones. I would spend hours working on like the sickest transition Mm -hmm. to make my video feel elevated and feel superior. Um, But, it's, it's like it's gone the complete opposite direction where people just want it to feel like it's just you and them in your house no one else um and the best way to prove that and make them feel that way is to have a freaking tripod with your little camera on there
0: which oh my there was a time where I would have never just done a sit down video on a tripod because to me I was like oh that's old that's bad quality and literally I think my last video was all just Chilling on a tripod and it performed amazing. Like, so it shows how, you know, you just have to be willing to adapt and realize, okay, maybe that used to work and it doesn't now, or maybe that didn't work for a long time, but let's challenge ourselves as creatives to think of a way to make it, you know, trendy or
2: relevant. And it's it's interesting that, you know, you, you have like a very, you both have a very big emphasis on making it look real, that it's your own, that it's from home. And it's interesting, probably about like, Nine years ago, I was talking to one of the major studios and for a couple of months <laughs> they were excited about um, creators. And, and, but what made them excited, they're thinking, look, what we need to do is get a creator, make them look professional, as you referenced before, <laughs> um, Alicia, and, 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 and we're going to have the goal of taking them from YouTube or, or another social network over to TV. And I remember having a very bold conversation and we, we ended up not like working with each other after this. But <laughs> I said, you're looking bold. at this the wrong Bold, I like that way. choice of word. If you want to build a network and you want to have more talent out there that's doing like, similar type of content to one of the bigger creators that they were trying to partner with, and by the way, it bombed. It did not work. Mm, uh, of course. I, you know, I mentioned you need to figure out how to scale how the creators are currently doing their, um, um, their content because that's what's working. And instead of mm-hmm. reinventing the wheel and doing something completely different and going back to your old archaic ways, you need to figure out mm-hmm. how to, you know, be more progressive and how to optimize the current growth that these creators are, are are now seeing. You
0: know, back in the day, if you wanted to be famous, you needed that studio, you needed the press, you needed the commercial. media, the tablet like you literally had no option. And now you don't. And I think that's the biggest thing that's changed is, you know. What is, yeah, like, what is fame? Like, anyone can go on TikTok and feel that sense of virality or that sense of being famous, and they don't necessarily need a reality show to do that. So it is weird seeing that line. And I I do think there was a harsh line between traditional and social media. I do think there is a lot more of a crossover now, which is so awesome. And we've been saying that's going to happen for years, and people didn't listen in the beginning, which is so crazy. Um, But I do think always remembering... And bringing it back to the fact that YouTube feels like home videos is the reason why it's special. And if it turns into just another network, it's just, there's going to be a new platform that comes up, which is it going to be TikTok? Who knows where they're going to bring it back to that realness and back to that home video feeling. Yeah.
1: And I think, I think, I think the thing that everyone's going to struggle with is learning to like bob and weave with those things and recognizing that TikTok isn't YouTube and you can't put the same content. Uh, edited the same way on all of the platforms because it just won't perform well. So you have to learn to like move with that trend as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you have to learn to be native to every platform and, and, and how how to do the right content for, for whatever the uh, viewers are looking for there. But I, I, I agree with you 100%. People want reality. They want authenticity. You know, they they they, they want truth. And, you know, we're seeing because this-
0: Yeah, they grew up with all the... the- the headline like we've seen our parents go through whether that's weight watchers or or you know different like um, as seen on TV things where we thought we were getting xyz and then they see them struggle with it and i think as this generation has grown up we've realized oh everything you see isn't real mm-hmm. where our parents generation and the generation before if something was in an ad or on TV it was a fact you know yeah. so i think it's interesting seeing how that generation has you know, a lot of people, that's why Gen Z, so everyone says they're so woke. It's because they've witnessed themselves that just because something says something doesn't mean it's real. Yeah.
1: Um, Something I think is really interesting is even as far as like famous goes or celebrity goes, like, for example, Julia Roberts, was such like an untouchable royalty Mm -hmm. to everyone who loved her. She was this goddess that you could never achieve. You could never connect with really. You could admire her and love her, but you could never like relate to her. And I feel like that's where um, social media kind of stepped in and gave you people who you can watch them in their kitchens, like making dinner and you're like, Oh, we would get
0: along. We could be friends. Oh my God. My friend, um, her name's Sierra Schultze. She's an amazing um, influencer. And she posted a TikTok with her and her friend recreating like one of Taylor Swift's folklore songs or something like that. It was a really cute TikTok. I guess it went viral. This morning, Taylor Swift literally commented on it and she was freaking out and she was like, oh my gosh, adding this to my inspo, whatever. And that would have never, ever happened even a year ago, let alone like years ago. Like the fact that someone as huge as Taylor Swift could see the video that you make and comment on it is like, it feels like that untouchableness that you were talking about Mm -hmm. is like that, that gap is a lot smaller. smaller and you're like, Oh my gosh, these are real people. And that's, that makes I don't know it's just it's like oh my god Taylor Swift goes on TikTok like I do and
1: it, like it only makes sense like it's smart for Taylor Swift to go on there and comment mm-hmm. on people that are recreating her music you know or her videos or whatever it is she's doing like it it's only it's the smartest but thing she can what's do.
0: funny is if I was someone in PR years ago I could I would feel myself telling my talent like oh no like don't interact too much you don't want to give them too much like always leave, leave them wanting more like leave yeah. mystery like I feel like that was such a tactic then, and it worked then, you know, to be because one of there those. was still that gap. That gap, but now I feel like if someone acts like that, people honestly don't like yeah. care about you because they're just like, oh, they're rude. Like they're on a high horse, they have an ego, whatever.
1: Another great example, because you mentioned Adele earlier. I would put her in kind of the untouchable category too, because mm-hmm. she kept this like distance between herself. She was never on the socials. Until she did the Saturday Night Live, and until she went on Instagram Live a couple weeks ago, her Instagram Live like oh made me fall in love with her, and I realized how funny she actually is. But I never like and that's noticed just that live,
0: like you know, like you know that, but you never know how much is just them versus yeah. what their PR team's telling them to do, yeah. or like if they're being on, or if it's like whatever. I and don't even know. Saturday Night so
1: scripted mm-hmm. so it's like oh is she actually funny or were they was that all jokes that they fed her but her live changed my whole perspective of her because she felt so
2: real and there was no filter i'm like i need to go live more <laughs> like, it's I amazing more. well it, it live is definitely that next level of transparency where there's, yeah, there can yeah. be very limited so calculation funny. of how you present yourself <laughs> well no it's it's funny i think you know, and maybe that's not the right word to use, but I, I feel that a lot of like the music creators are now becoming woke. Like they're now realizing the true influence that they have. And they're in an industry where you can't really make that much money today on concerts or off of music. It's a very huge, you know, hill to, to climb. It's a big challenge. And, but the truth is if a lot of these music creators, you know, and, and musicians and celebrities knew that, the amount of followers that they have that they could better connect with them and be a lot more transparent with them. It's going to make a lot of the entertainment industry shaking their boots even more than the decentralization that we're discussing. It's because you know, some of these creators that have hundreds of millions of followers could literally average 50 million views of video if they were just more disciplined in creating content mm-hmm. and trying to connect with their audience.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people get overwhelmed. It's been interesting, us obviously doing YouTube for so long, Whenever we've met, you know, a handful of TikTokers or or people that way, they'll they are so amazed that we do YouTube because to them, YouTube's like, oh my gosh, you do YouTube? How do you do that? Like TikTok's so easy. I just post whatever. Like I could never do YouTube. And to us, we're like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, YouTube's a lot of work, but it's like it's also easy. It's fun. It's da 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 da. And I think realizing how like with YouTube, you know, there is so much that goes into it in different levels versus just a quick little video that you put up and it's weird seeing people kind of
1: almost admire
0: almost admire how much work YouTube is but what's funny is to us that consistent weekly upload or that consistency has always been expected so it doesn't feel like it's this crazy consistent unattainable, unattainable consistency cuz to us it's just like oh somehow in the early days a one week upload was normal. So to us, I'm like, oh, that's just normal. It's not like that much. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm yeah. joking.
2: Okay. <laughs> tell me more about Parallel Apparel. Like, tell me the story behind that. What inspired both of you, you know, to start this this clothing business or this fashion business? Um.
1: Well... It was actually Alicia's idea. This is something she's been wanting to do for a while. And again, with the whole like having a vision thing, Alicia had a very clear vision of wanting to start a brand, wanting to start a clothing brand. And normally she's really good at knowing exactly what needs to be done and exactly what it's going to look like. But for whatever reason, like she wasn't able to see or fully see like the full vision um, until literally one day she filmed the whole thing. She came to the realization (laughs) that like, I need to be in it with her and create it with her. And she literally filmed herself telling me for the first time. I think it can sometimes feel like a produced thing, but she literally, I was right out of a soul cycle class. You're I looked so sweaty as hell. And she told me there on the spot, like she wanted me and her to start a clothing brand. So that. Was literally the first time I came on board. Um, And it has been quite the process. Obviously, we decided to start a brand right before COVID. And (laughs) obviously, we planned that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We, from the very beginning, were very excited about. Um, creating a comfortable loungewear because that's 99% of the time what we wear mm-hmm. um, we love getting dressed up but we always had this like go to where we would borrow each other's clothes and it was always basics it was always like a plain color it was very comfortable it was flattering um, and both of us just live in honestly like lounge slash athletic wear mm-hmm. um, but we wanted to create basically a luxury lounge brand not athletic wear but like loungewear um that could be dressed up that could be dressed down. You could wear with sweatpants while you're cleaning the house or you could go out for a girl's night like mm-hmm. in the same top. Um so that was our plan from the very beginning. We always wanted it to be very size inclusive. Um and I feel like we actually were able to execute that pretty well. Um and it has been quite the journey. It's been <laughs> um it was
0: one of those things where in the beginning we kept wondering why does why is no really creators or influencers do brands right. Like when they come out with something, it's usually just a collab. Some people just slap their name on stuff. Obviously, that's not always the case. A lot of brands would fail. You know, or people would have a brand and then they'd stop. And we'd be like, I was like, why does no one do it right? Like, let's do it right. We're going to mm-hmm. do this. We're going to come out with extra small to 3X. We're going to do all of these things. Da, 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 da. And very quickly after we realized, oh, the reason why most people don't do that is because one, it is so time consuming. It's a, more than a full time job alone. And there's no way to do YouTube and everything else on top of that. Mm -hmm. And two, it is so expensive. No one talks about that. (laughs) Like just what it takes for a startup or, you know, any small business, like what really needs to go into something. And we're just, we're still self-funded to this day. So that's a whole other um, thing that we realized like, oh, (laughs) that's why people get investors. Like, oh, that's like, there's so much little things like that. Um, so we've learned so much and I think it's a very, even though it's expensive, it's a very priceless um, thing that we're learning of what it takes to truly run a real business, um, and not just be the talent in something. Our whole goal also is that people wear our clothes and don't even know who we are. You know, I think. Wow. Really? Yeah, that's the goal. I think we, we like being in front of the camera, but we really like being behind the camera. And I think that's something that
2: <laughs> yeah, we both, that's something you know, that we
1: really noticed this last like year. I think um, we also
2: So there's a lot of people realize- buying your clothing that don't know who you are. I mean, and you been able to notice
0: we're hoping, you know, like I want to, I don't know. I want to see one day someone wearing it at the airport or something and maybe like, Oh, I like your jacket. And they're like, Oh, thanks. It's from this random brand. And I'll be like, Oh my God, really no that's the goal. So, you know, from the very beginning, obviously we, you know, we're in a lot of the shoots and we're promoting it, um, as we obviously would, because we have a platform and it's our brand. However, you know, we really wanted to hire up models for things. We want people to go to the page and not just see our faces, you know, cause um we both have merch for um like podcasts or just normal merch and stuff and that's what that is you know that's more like this is for our viewers to feel like they are a part of the family if they want to support whatever um but yeah i mean it's funny because a few years ago i would have said our dream is to be in store and in retail but now is that needed we don't know like obviously still open to it but it's been it's been so amazing it's been selling out Um, our, our problem now is really more just the behind the scenes and making sure everything's smooth and able to restock as much as possible and, um, and dealing with it that way. So it's been, it's been fun. We have a shoot tomorrow, um, for a few of the new pieces that are dropping. So it's, it's, it's another thing balancing with everything else,
1: but I was going to say that is probably our number one struggle right now with what we're going through is finding time to do parallel stuff, to create YouTube videos, to create
0: TikToks to do the podcast. And because our, our content is lifestyle, right? Finding time to have a meeting where we're being like bosses, you know, figuring everything out, da da, da, da da scheduling a shoot, going to the shoot. And then at the same time realizing, oh my gosh, I need to clean the house for a video. And it feels so polar opposite to both... Like fi- figuring out like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I need to do a video to promote this and oh, people love my cleaning videos. So why don't I do a cleaning video? And then you're like, is this a waste of time? Because I'm no. literally just cleaning my room, but you're like, no, I'm working and I'm going to promote like the video, the the stuff in this. And it's, I think that's a weird lifestyle balance that we're starting to struggle with. Obviously we're getting older, so we're adding new projects in, but, and and we show that in our vlogs and stuff, but it's also weird. It just feels weird to do like an unboxing of PR and then go to this shoot that we're running like it's it's such a weird balance but we're very aware that you know our audience comes first more than anything and more than even parallel because if we're not uploading on YouTube then what's the point like that's our audience. That's our number one. So we don't want to put that on the back burner, but it's just, it's weird juggling it all.
1: It's weird juggling everything. Even me, for example, this has been a very expensive, (laughs) um, venture for me to do. And something I used to do in the past was I would, I wouldn't take that many brand deals because in my head I was like, I don't, I want it to be real. I want it to be natural. I don't want it to feel like an ad in every episode or every video, but, um, with parallel coming, I've been like, okay, we need to step up the brand deals so now i've been trying to i've realized i've had to like sacrifice a little bit and make sure that i'm getting those brand deals in so that i can pay for parallel which is a weird thing that happened within the last like two years yeah well
0: i think more than anything and and you're you're good at it
2: ashley i mean both you know alicia and ashley you're both amazing at brand deals our team loves collaborating with you
0: we love you guys
2: (laughs) charity work to fashion work to makeup work to gaming. Yeah, uh, we've done a lot of stuff together. And, and you've always been so great to work with. And it's interesting. Now that you have product, you're more incentivized to do brand deals. And that I found that very interesting. Isn't that weird, it feels opposite. Well, I
0: think for you, because it's not that you're taking deals that you don't believe in, right. it's that you never you did struggle with consistency. So now you're like, Oh, I have to upload more often. Yeah, for parallel because if I have too many brand deals, I need to make sure I have some in between that aren't all sponsored yeah. where before you'd be like, yeah, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to film this week. Yeah. And I think now you're more like, oh, I need to have more consistency. So it's not all an ad.
1: Yeah. The luxury of being able to choose when <laughs> I wanted to upload kind of went away this last year, which is totally fine. And I definitely needed it. But again, <laughs> it was one of those things where I realized I was like, oh, if, if I want to continue this, this brand that I'm so passionate about, I have to start treating my channel with a lot more discipline um, in order to get mm-hmm. to the next drop or to, to continue with parallel.
0: Yeah. There were definitely a few times our business manager would call and be like, Hey, so we don't know how we're going to keep, we don't know how we're going to keep doing this. And you know, there's definitely been a few times where like, you know, thinking was this a mistake? Should we keep doing it? Da, da, da. And every time, you know, it's it's weird being on the other side now as a brand and realizing, you know, it takes five years to really see any return in anything. Like and we walked into this expecting no problem. Yeah, like we're still <laughs> st- like we we aren't getting paid like no, we're st- okay. at at all right now, which is not the goal for us to be honest. But it is interesting. Like I sympathize so much more with brands in general. Like understanding that every little PR that goes out costs you money. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, let me post more for the let brands post, that send me stuff. Yeah. Like it just makes you more aware. And I think that's something that a lot of creators who do have brands do understand mm-hmm. where, you know, you know, I've seen some creators, they'll publicly complain that they're not on someone's PR list or they'll be like, why am I not That it? Like a little entitled. And now, again, now being on the brand side, I'm like, okay, we have 10 spots to fill. How do we fill this? who gets PR, who doesn't, it's nothing personal. And it's very much like who will, who fits the brand, fit the brand and actually
1: repost, um, which has been quite the,
0: it's just, yeah, it's just so, I feel like we understand it now way more. Um, even on a completely
1: different level, I bought something from Aritzia, like shopping personally for myself two months ago, I didn't get it till last week. And I wasn't even mad about it Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) because I was like, I get it. (laughs) Well, And we
0: understand, you know, all the the cargo ships and all, like there's a lot going on right now and it's just out of their control. But us a few years ago would have been like, oh my God, this is taking so long or this is out of stock. Like, why is it not back in stock? And that's been our case. We're like, we're trying. It's not that we don't want to. So I think it's actually helped us so much when it comes to even doing brand deals of executing it better and just understanding, you know, if this is what the brand wants, you know, we're happy to work with them or at least have that conversation with them to figure out what do they really want and what matters in a brand deal versus like, you know, when you get a list of talking points and there's 20 that you're supposed to fit in 30 seconds, like, okay, realistically, there's no way I can do this, but what's the main point they want to cross, you know, exactly.
2: Yeah, that, that is amazing. And it's great to see that perspective change too, um, knowing, you know, that, you you now have been able to see through a lens of a brand. And I actually believe, you know, we are talking about how creators are the biggest form of media. It's been decentralized, democratized, you know, there's a more, you know, even or level playing field, you know, to be able to, you know, be a content creator today. But I also believe that a lot of the future super brands that we see are gonna be coming from this community. And I think your approach doing lounge fashion is brilliant. And if you have anything for plus size men, I'm totally game. I'm totally gonna buy something. So <laughs> many, so many
1: of my guy friends have messaged and just been like, "Yo, when are you coming
2: out with this stuff? <laughs> no, and I'm literally,
0: like, I know, like the hoodie, the hoodie. Is
2: so good. oh, in the um, Butler family, yeah. we're all about like lounge clothing right now. Like we're on the search, and my wife finds a way better options than I can find for myself. Uh, but that that is amazing. It's it's a it's a it's a very competitive edge of you know, thinking, okay, let's focus on a niche and let's make sure we make it big enough so it goes outside of our universe, where it goes to Mm -hmm. other um, um, audiences and people that haven't heard of you. I mean, that's, that's a great vision to have. I mean, you're both amazing CEOs.
0: Thank you so much. (laughs) We're trying, but I think it really, you know, one of our, our strengths that we did realize going into this was We were very aware that we've been doing this so long, but it does not mean that we'll be able to do it for so long. And I think something that because we've done this for so long, one of our strengths is being able to realize that the longevity and security in this industry is very, very small. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very rare. I feel lucky I've been doing this 13 years, seven years, but am I going to be doing it 20 years? I have no idea, especially as time's gone on and I've been way more... In touch with my mental health. Like, if one day I just decide I don't want to do this anymore, I know myself and I'm gonna listen and I'm just gonna like, hey guys, I'm done. Like, if that's truly what my gut and my heart feels, like I need to do. So as much as I want, I, I truly do want to do it as long as I can. But if there ever comes a day where I don't want to, I want to be able to respect that and listen to that and not worry about oh my god, but it's my career and the money and da da da, da and all this stuff. And I think you know, doing projects where you're not so much the face in something is the best thing for creators because. The security in this job is not there whatsoever, like at all, and it's scary. Like, I think that's where a lot of, you know, anxiety and mental health struggles come into play with this job because, you know, you're cool for two seconds, but what happens in the future?
1: Yeah, Alicia and I both had little panic attacks probably like three or four years ago. Um, realizing we were like, oh, we really have like all our eggs in one basket. We need to diversify and like cr- go out to different branches of content and start trying new things. And that's where both of our podcasts yeah. originally stemmed Even from. Even just streams of income, you know? Yeah. We were like, we need something separate from our YouTube channel in case like one day shit hits the fan, like YouTube's over. Like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what the podcast came from. Oh, yeah. And eventually, like, that's essentially where parallel came from was like okay like how do we yeah. grow how do we challenge ourselves and diversify yeah
0: i that, i've talked about this publicly before but when i hit my 10 year um 10 years on youtube i was not excited and the reason why was because i was looking at every my last 10 years decade of work and all it was was empty views like literally there were videos from 20 billion 40 million 7 million whatever and looking at all of them i felt so empty and i felt so upset with myself because i had chosen to be fully hands-on myself to edit everything myself to do it all blah blah blah, blah. but then i was looking over at some of my my friends and basically colleagues and seeing them having acting experience or having a book or having other just tangible, tangible things and all I had were views that were felt so empty and I was like, yeah, 50 million views is cool on a video, but like, and it was like a cool little check for a moment. However, can I, now what? can I keep doing that? Like where, what, it, what about me? Like what, do, what's my, I had nothing. And I think that's why I'm very also passionate about having a smaller knit community. And even if I only get 10,000 views on a video, but they're people who actually care about me. To me, that's so much more meaningful than 10 million views on a video of people who don't subscribe, don't care about me, or just watching a quick little video. And I, I didn't realize how much I was catering my my videos um, a few years ago, really to that very fast, almost like Facebook-esque videos where you don't see someone's face, it's super quick. It's very just like boom, 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 boom. And it got views, but I was like, wait, but no one no one cares about me. Like I want people to feel connected to me. Um, so I think we're super passionate about just like doing what you love, being more niche, being more like not worrying about growing subscribers as much as catering to the family you've already kind of built.
1: Yeah, I went through something very similar where Alicia and I had a conversation about it, and she helped me process through it and make the decision. But I ended up realizing that I was posting a lot of videos that were all just trends that I actually weren't wasn't proud of. They were doing well. They're doing well. They're also, doing well.
0: that was one struggle that we had working together because she had years of looking at me getting upset being like this is thumbnail isn't good enough or oh my gosh that that'll do horrible blah 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 blah. this video underperformed i'm never she's looking again. at like 900,000
1: views saying it suffered i was and like oh it, it did like, well.
0: <laughs> so that obviously she was internalized that for years so we have very different styles in general and ashley's always been more of that like pretty aesthetic fashion-y um vibe and I think we had to have that conversation being like, Hey, we really need to think separately for our our brands and who we are. And even though I know this video would perform so good on your channel, if that's not you, don't do it. Like So there
1: ended up being a huge like coming to self moment where I was like, okay, like the videos I was putting out, yes they were doing well. It was a nice check, but I wasn't it wasn't something I wanted my friends to see. Oh you're embarrassed. I wasn't proud of it. Like, and essentially I wasn't proud of what I was creating. And so probably two to three years ago, i kind of made the switch where I started, I started doing what I love and it, it doesn't do as well, but it has, it has connected and created such a beautiful community of people who love that type of content. Mm-hmm. And I know like they, they're like the loyalists. They are so there for every video and we talk during every video. And um, yeah, I think it's one of the best things I ever did. This is
2: profound. <laughs> wow! I, College shout I, out. I'm trying to stop the tears from coming out, but uh, but seriously, I mean, what what, what I'm hearing, you know, because all the time we hear about different creators every week dealing with burnout. It, it's it's a lot of pressure, and you have a lot of critiques out there. There's a lot of you know trolls that you have to deal with in your comments, and there's a lot of different things happening that I, I can I cannot understand. Um, you know, if I get a if I get a troll comment, I get really excited because I get a comment, you know. But like <laughs> I mean, you know, from your perspective, it's a totally different story. And I, I can't imagine, you know, the the pressure that you, you've both gone through, but what I'm understanding is you've decided that instead of following the trends and being data driven to make more revenue, you, you really want to just live, you want to enjoy life, be true to yourself and and it's all working out
1: and i think that's something that happens when you've been on for so long Mm -hmm. because it it is something you have to eventually like find balance with and live with but something that i did start doing and kind of helped me transition was i would do like a video for them and a video for me Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my like, uh, routine
0: because it's still a business and you still want to, you know, you want to make, you want to get
1: well. you need to make money (laughs) so that you can live. So it was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that trendy video, but then I'll do two that I'm super proud of. Or every once in a while, if there's a trend that I feel like suits me well, that I could execute well, that I'm like passionate about also, then I'll do that. But um, I'm not going to hop on every single one anymore.
0: I think also, you know, after looking at all of the videos we've ever created, when I think of some of my top favorite ones, they're not the ones that performed the best. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the ones that I was just genuinely proud of. And I think a lot of creatives would understand that Where when you're proud of something, that's rare, especially mm-hmm. for, for me to even say I'm proud of a video. Like that's like, oh, she's proud. <laughs> yeah. um, but a lot of that comes with, did I enjoy filming it? was I just like proud of if I was to show a top brand executive of like a video of mine and I give it to them, I would be certain that they would understand a, a little bit about me. It would be informative. They would maybe learn something. They took something from it or even like the comment response, the quality of it, of people saying, oh my God, I loved like Not just being like, Cool, I love this, but people being like, Wow, this really resonated with me. When you talked about your social anxiety, I like felt seen, blah blah like that type of stuff. Which was something she used to never talk about, but it's something she struggled with for such a long time. I feel like
1: the second she came out with it, it became less of a monster to her. And Mm -hmm. it essentially made her even more relatable because everyone's going, Oh shit, like me too. Like that makes me connect with you even more. That like vulnerability.
0: Yeah, it's just burnout's real. I struggle with it weekly still like it's not like we're you know past that or we've learned about it but once you've experienced it to the magnitude um at least that i know i did um it's still always there but it's just kind of learning little triggers or it's learning little things of like okay for instance i haven't posted on my main channel in the past like three weeks which norm that's unheard of for me like unheard of (laughs) But I've just I'm in my head. I was like, I just want to come out with something I'm proud of. Like I'm I'm not gonna rush it just to get a, an upload up. It's not worth it. Um, but yeah, the burnout game is so real, and I've had so many conversations with other creators about it because it's something that it's hard to understand unless you're really in it. Um, there's a lot of new creators that are just now. Just experiencing now, and it's so weird. It's so weird seeing new creators, you know, who've been doing it six months and they're saying they're already burnout, and I'm like, oh my gosh. It just feels like everything's hyperspeed now. Like it took me 10 years to get burnout, let alone, you know, some of these poor TikTokers who are going viral overnight and then in in three months they're experiencing burnout. Like it's real and it's it's hard to talk about because it makes you feel like you're ungrateful for everything. Yes. And you're not allowed to feel burnout or people are like, oh, well, just not everyone can take a day off of work to whatever. But if you are a creative, you understand you cannot come out with a hit song every single day. You cannot come out with the number one um movie every single project like it's just it's a very different world in the mind of a creative or an artist um and that's essentially what all you know people who make videos is it's art you know it's 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 learning that you have to take a break to get recreative or recharged or get reinspired, even you know yeah
2: wow what what advice would you give to creators that are, are up and coming creators are just getting started um I mean, mean, what's your advice to burnout? How how do you avoid burnout or how do you deal with it?
0: I think the number one thing is realizing that it's such, like, what are you going, like, what are you trying to get to? That, That hustle, that staying, like, what are you actually running toward? What are you sprinting towards? And realizing that it's an endless cycle. You hit 50 million views, You suddenly want a hundred million views. You have to double it. You know, you want more. You hit, you hit, when I hit a million subscribers, I had five minutes of rejoicing, crying, screaming, like being so excited. And instantly I realized, okay, that means the next goal is two million. I have to do everything again. And it felt like it diminished that first, like, big triumphant feeling, which A I should have been- A huge
1: celebratory moment. <laughs> but instantly I was like,
0: oh, shit, I got to do it all again. Like, I have to hit 2 million now. And then 2 million became 5 million, and 5 million became 10 million. And I've even talked to some of the biggest biggest creators on YouTube today, and they are in that same toxic cycle of, I have to outdo myself last time. I have to outdo myself from yesterday. Oh, well, that got 100 million views. Well, fuck, that one only- sorry. Um, that one only got 80 million views? Like, Dang. That's not good enough like it, it'll never be good enough and accepting that yeah like it's just it, it's so bad and compare comparisons the worst thing ever like it really is the thief of joy and when you see you know for all these new tiktokers who only compare themselves to charlie or dixie like they're not gonna that's so toxic you know like everyone is in their own lane um And yeah, I think focusing on the quality over the quantity of views, focusing on the quality of your comments and the, the, just the community that you're building instead of empty views. And I think that's why a lot of people are getting burnt out quicker on TikTok because they're experiencing how overnight you can get 2 million views and the next one's 20,000. Oh my God, it's only 20,000. I'm over. (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm irrelevant. People don't care about me where YouTube, it takes a lot longer to kind of build that momentum, it's harder to build, but when it builds, it is like more stable. But you know, for, for these creators to realize like, oh, that one only hit 5 million, when I'm used to 20 million, like that's 5 million views, like that's amazing. And I think what's helped us is even when we decided we wanted to do parallel apparel, we realized, okay, if, if our end goal is fashion, or one of our big ventures is fashion, we need to post pa- fashion videos. Like it's so it doesn't make sense if we're not catering to the audience we're gonna try to eventually have. Right. And if you if someone wants to do music, then like that should be in their content. Or if someone wants to be the number one uh, shoe reviewer, but they never post sneakers, it, it it won't make sense. They're not gonna get the deals they want. They're not, like it, even if you're more niche. Am I, am I- yeah, I
1: I was going to bounce off of that because my answer was going to be one of the best things that ever helped me because I struggled with posting trendy stuff and trendy, posting stuff that I'm passionate about was me, Alicia, and her producer, Taylor, all sat down and did this brand book mm-hmm. um, oh, God, yeah. meeting where we kind of like dissected and broke down like what each of our brands are at their core, like what message we wanted to send and what represents us down to like colors down to food like down to like what's one thing that fully represents an item that represents your brand that helped me so much so when uh brand deals for example come my way i'm like oh that's not a good fit mm -hmm. or you know i'll be creating content and i'll look at a shot and be like "Mm -hmm." yeah i'm like no i wouldn't do that and it made it made going forward creating content so much easier because Mm -hmm. i knew what I was as a brand, and I started treating mm-hmm. myself more like a brand rather than a person. There's a lot to unpack here.
2: <laughs> I mean, oh, so awesome. so we we got so many gems in the last like ten minutes. Well, this well this whole podcast, um, you know, there's been all this amazing information, but it seems like having a focus on community and loyal views um, seems to be a game changer for the both of you rather than trying to do something that gets more viral that, when you say empty views, you're meaning like casual viewers, like people that don't know you, correct? Yes.
0: Yeah. If a video, like feeling empty, feeling like there just wasn't substance to it. Like I didn't feel connected to those view, the viewers. I felt like I was just, yeah, that's what I mean with with empty. It just, it didn't mean much because I wasn't proud of it as well as I didn't feel connected to those um, viewers. Like if I felt like if I was to have a show, I felt like no one would show up, even though I'm like, wait, but people saw my billboard, but they didn't come to the show. Does
2: that make sense? Right. <laughs> interesting. That's that, that's very interesting. It's you know? a, it, it's an interesting way to look at things. You know. So you're talking about it's, burnout. You're talking about, I mean, I, I, when you mentioned when you hit um, Alicia, when you hit 10 million subscribers.
0: Oh, sorry, t- uh, 10 years. Did oh, I say 10, 10, 10 years? 10 years.
2: Um, that that it was it was one of those things where you know, you, you felt a little empty, you, you, you didn't feel, you know, very accomplished when it's a huge accomplishment, you know, to stay relevant for, for, for over a decade, especially in this space as change, things change and everything. But I, I think, you know, I, I once got some good advice from, from, a friend, from a friend of mine who once told me that it's good to have a, a good balance of goal setting um, as well as enjoying the process. And so wow. sometimes there's people that that get Super Bowl rings. They retire after, and then they end up, you know, falling into addiction, or they, 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 they don't feel any you know self worth after they're done you know doing athletics. Um, this happens in music. I remember, and, and 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 again, you know, it makes me feel very privileged and like you know, uh, um, um, ungrateful. But I remember when I sold my business, you know, the first time, and it was a successful acquisition. And I remember thinking just after I'm like, whoa, I am not, I am not satisfied. I mean, I I, I thought I was gonna be feeling a lot more after this, and 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 you know, I, I then got into survival mode again and just started growing. I made a new goal, and yeah. the issue is having just a goal is not enough. And once you get there, it's not the purpose of life. It's not what makes it so you want to breathe. It's not what you know inspires you, you know, to do you know better or 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 to to more enjoy life. It's really about you know, getting rooted and enjoying the process of of, of improvement. Mm-hmm. And enjoying that, okay, there's friction, but how can you look at that friction differently? How can you look at your strengths and weaknesses and, and love both and, and figure out, you know, how you know, whether it's in work or with family or with friends, you know, how can you have overall life improvement within enjoying the process? And it seems that's what the two of you are doing right now.
1: I think it's growth. It's like goals. And growth, like as if you had just goals, it wouldn't work out, but if you put growth next to it and allow allow yourself to accept that challenge to grow, mm-hmm. then it it's a lot more what, what do you
2: mean by growth specifically?
1: I think uh, I feel like so many things like learning to post what you're proud of, finding out what your brand is and taking the time to find out what your brand is. I think it is accepting. Um, maybe the smaller view count and being proud of it or, um, seeing a trend, maybe being scared of it, but then like challenging yourself to do it. Or like, for me, I'm exhausted. TikTok overwhelms me, but like. In the growth category, I need to try, like, I need to give myself a shot and like, see where, what my content would look like on that different platform.
0: I had so many thoughts with everything you were saying, and it was so good. There was a podcast I listened to with Ed Milet and someone – was it Tony Robbins? Tim Grover. Tim Grover. Tim Grover. Tim Grover. It was great. We listened to it twice. (laughs) If you haven't, we'll send you the link. It's so good. (laughs) It's the same – oh, my God. It's so good. He was basically saying, like, what do you – you know, Tim Grover, What do you you work with all of these, like, athletes. What do you notice in – the, the the Kobe Bryant's of the world, like what do you notice in these people? And he said they love the process. It's not about the rings. They enjoy getting up every day and and go and practicing four times a day and da da da. Like that's what they they live they live for the journey and the, the process. And it it's so true. I feel like a lot of people just you know, let's say someone wants to be a, a superstar and they love making music videos and they're like all about it, but. They don't want to go to a coffee shop and perform to like a small group of people like they only want it on the large scale but they don't want it on the small scale and i'm like if you love music you should love just being able to perform to anyone like you should love the art like you there's no way you can be lady gaga if you can't be singing at a bar like on an open mic type thing you know like and i think a lot of people are like oh i want that but i don't want that if it's not good enough. Like I just want the 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 cool version of it or whatever. And it's like you have to enjoy the process. Like mm-hmm. you have to enjoy you know you're doing. the art of it. And I think that's yeah, I think too many people and we all do this, we put so much happiness in a goal. We put so much happiness in a championship ring, as if I know what that's like. We put so much yeah. <laughs> happiness in um, you know, subscriber, view counts, whatever. And Time and time again, it's so cliche. You hear, "Oh, you're not happy afterwards," and it's because you think you're gonna feel a certain way, or and it it's just it's so cliche. But we still all get hung up that way because you know we put so much happiness and validation in these like material things. Um, I actually don't mean. Which don't mean Everything. much, but, but yeah, I think just enjoying the, we're, we're trying, we're trying our hardest to enjoy it, but it is still a struggle. Like my mood, if a video underperforms, my mood still will be down the next week. I'll be like, dang it. Like I'll feel. it's just What's so the normal. Point? Why are you even bothering I'll be like, oh, like it's a, re- like, well, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a, such a struggle, but I'm glad that that conversation's happening to be honest, because it's wasn't happening for a long time. And I just thought everyone had their life together <laughs> except me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: I I spent a lot of my life being paranoid about the future, and it's so cliche, but it's like figuring out how to be in the present and enjoy what's in front of you and figure out how to deal, like, as you mentioned, with practicing and with training and, you know, everything that we do every day, we should learn something that improves the next day. Or in the next week, literally,
0: days. this morning I was on the treadmill and I was telling myself, What do I need to do today that Alicia tomorrow will be grateful? Like, what <laughs> do I need to awesome. do today to like make like where like tomorrow I'm like, Oh, I'm so grateful that I did that. This is a little glimpse into how
2: Alicia thinks this is tomorrow. my head, <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, awesome.
0: but yeah, like making yourself proud.
2: We own a company called you know, TubeBuddy, and TubeBuddy helps over 8 million creators. TubeBuddy. <laughs> do you use TubeBuddy? I, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and so there's, you know, 8 million, you know, creators and, and a lot of them are very small that are starting out and, and trying to be successful in creating content. Um, to those 8 million users, what's some advice that you'd give uh, on them enjoying their journey and, 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 you know, living this creator lifestyle?
0: It's funny. Cause I know a lot of TubeBuddy is the analytics side of everything. Don't obsess over it. like I, I used to multiple times a day check how many subscribers I gained, check my video views and I'm it was so toxic to the point where I, it was I was just constantly refreshing and I was getting addicted to be like, oh my God, th- there's more and more and more and more and more and those those tools are so crucial and amazing to doing this job and being able to have insights to your demo and you know the performance of something. but when it that also becomes your identity and you're obsessed with it, It's so bad and so toxic that it will do the opposite effect. Like I've had so many, I've met a lot of creators over the years and there's been some who did similar things where they're like every day they write down their subscriber count. And I'm like, I I get it. But like there comes a point where you have to also like live. And some of my best ideas have come when I'm hanging out with Ashley, with my friends. We're like having a girl's day. We're living life. And then I get inspired by life versus you never get inspired sitting down, looking at your views. I think if you do sit down and look at your views, what happens
1: is you tend to kind of mimic what other people are doing. Yes, you're just following. That organic content comes from living life.
0: Yes, and like that confidence in your videos. Like when you're when I think of an idea and I'm confident about it, it's because I like see the vision, I'm like, oh my God, that's such a good concept, let's do it. But when I'm sitting down with a pad of paper trying to come up with a viral video, it never happens. Yeah. And I think so many people think there's this key or secret to success or going viral or they're like well emma chamberlain did that so it'll happen for me and i'm like no people care about emma, emma chamberlain making like they want to see her do it it's not the concept as much as people love her and i think that's i use her a lot as examples but i think so many people get focused on like this video went viral so i'm gonna do it and mine will go viral like it's mm-hmm. almost this like equation and i'm like if that was the case everyone would have viral videos but it's not you know you have to kind of find how you stand out
1: I'm going to piggyback with my advice, do the same thing. Um, I think what's really important. What's been big for me, what's big for Alicia is looking at your content and seeing what you excel at or what really makes your video you and then really leaning into that moving forward with the rest of your content for me like i found out like i love like a good smooth aesthetic b-roll intro Mm -hmm. and i've literally like i'm known for it like it's just one of those things where everyone comments the same thing like your intros make me feel so calm and relaxed and it's because i've learned like that's something that i think really makes me me it's something that i'm really proud of everyone has different things alicia did this random Uh, (laughs) I don't know what you would call it, but really quick chopped up editing of her like closing and opening and clicking her makeup and it became a thing that she became known for. And I think if she like leaned into that, like that's something that sets her apart from everyone else and it's learning where your lane is and what that thing is for you that sets you apart and then really pushing that on honestly all platforms. Like my my aesthetic B-roll stuff could translate to TikTok if I took the time to do that.
0: Is if I was to do a two minute intro of a B-roll aesthetic thing, people would be like, Alicia, huh? Who are you trying to be? (laughs) But, and like, even though I wouldn't do that, it doesn't mean that it's a one bad idea or two bad for Ashley. Like that's so on brand for her. Mm -hmm. It's good for her to do that. And she wants that type of audience who appreciates that. Mm -hmm. And I think so many creators look at others and they'll be like, oh, like that won't work. Well, it's like what is like, what do you, what standards are you holding that to? Like if that? It makes no sense. Yeah, exactly.
2: Wow. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask one last question. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, they'll let you go, <laughs> but what inspires you?
0: Let me think. Let me think.
2: Cause I have what to say this about? is one of the most inspiring interviews I believe I've done. Oh my God. And, that means and, so much. and, 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 and I, I'm loving your energy. Um, you both look at things in a totally different, you know, way and, and thank you so much for, you know, very, being vulnerable and, you know, being very, you know, candid, um, you know, with us, um, you know, during this interview, but yeah. So I, I want to just know, like what gets you going and what inspires you to, to do what you're doing? Cause you're doing a lot of stuff.
0: Thank you. First of all. Yeah. Um, that means so much. You don't even know.
1: I don't know. I, I, know. <laughs> I feel like I'm all over the place. Um, my brain's going a couple different places. I'm, one is going to sound cheesy. And it's going to sound lovey-dovey, but Alicia. Yeah. Alicia's one of the hardest workers that I know and living with her has been a struggle <laughs> to a degree where like, if I'm just like, I'm ha- enjoying my morning, I'll wake up. Like she's already on the treadmill. She's already had three meetings and she's already filming a video. Um, for me, it, it can be annoying sometimes, but then 90% of the time it just inspires me to work harder and do more. I've gotten to a point now where if she's working, like I have to work. And if I'm I, like, I can't like be sitting down, taking my sweet ass time getting started if she's already working. And it might be a toxic sister thing. No, I feel like you've gotten
0: so much better. <laughs> I,
1: think, I think it is a very inspiring thing for me. So it, it keeps me going. If she wasn't here every single day, like killing it, then I'd probably be like watching TV in the morning or like taking my time filming or editing or something like that. But something else that has become a part of my huge morning routine or weekly routine is listening to a very inspirational podcast every Monday. And this is, um, Ed Let's become one of them. Um, How I Built This is a huge one. And it's just listening to people talk about business.
0: What's the Kristen one?
1: Uh, oh, uh, Dak Shepard came out with like a ten-part series with Kristen Bell and uh, his uh, co-host came out with this beautiful podcast about women, and it's called Shattered Glass. And I, I listen to all of them; they're incredible. So good. And um, something like that to or start we are my supported week. By, yeah, we uh, are supported by. That's what, that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, and something like that gets my head like in a good place to just crush my work week.
0: I. I've had so many thoughts. I think yeah. what really inspires me are honestly conversations like this. Like I've realized yeah. I hate small talk and I love deep talks. Like even if I'm like out with my friends, it's a known thing that Alicia wants to have a heart to heart with everyone. Yeah. Um, and I think that connection is something that I like crave and I love, and I also love just helping people. And I think that's like, I love, I really have a passion for helping smaller creators and teaching and teach Like, I just, I think I get so much fulfillment out of that um, that it inspires me to want to do better or just even to be grateful of the position that I'm in. Or, you know, when it comes to like our shoot tomorrow on parallel, being able to see the team that we've helped grow, like seeing them flourish, like that inspires me so much. And that makes me want to be not only a better boss, but also a better creator. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So I guess like giving back, I don't know how, like, how yeah, yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah. Or pay- I don't know what, I don't know what that is, but I feel like that's when I get most inspired and excited for like what we do.
1: Yeah. I think what it is is she's, I think you're so passionate about what you do. I think she finds joy in educating people about about (laughs) social media.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's times when I'm, I feel like when I'm not doing that and I'm only focusing on my own content, that's when I get in a very toxic spiral of I'm not good enough, da, 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 like comparing and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like anytime I'm like helping other people, it brings me back grounds me a little bit, I guess. Yeah. But.
2: Wow. This was so much well, fun. Yeah. thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Seriously, Ashley, Alicia, it's been wonderful to get to know both of you and, and, you know, very, very um, thankful for all that you've shared. There's a lot of great gems and nuggets. I think that the, the listeners are going to get you know from this conversation and um yeah we'll have to you know next time you're around and we're we're nearby we'll have to do lunch or something is great to you know connect with well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and let's do let's and, do this um,
1: again same time
2: <laughs> let's do it i think i think i think we could probably go for four hours easy literally i, I was like this
0: flew by i feel like yeah. we could dive into so much more so we would
2: love to We'll definitely have you both on again and again thank you for your time and coming on and um everyone thank you so much for tuning in and um, please like this video please follow us um on one of the platforms or you know subscribe on youtube and we appreciate you thank you